0: Welcome to the Christ Church of Orinogo Impact Ministry Podcast. My name is Drake Holderman. I serve as the missional impact minister, and I'll be our host through our next series. Comis Manos is a ministry partner of Christ Church of Orinogo and a school to persons who are deaf in Matamoros, Mexico. Christ Church and Comis Manos have been partners for 19 years and counting. This is the second episode of a three-part series. In this conversation, we speak with Ivan about what it is like to live as a person who is deaf in a community of hearing persons. We talk about how Ivan came to Comis Manos and how his life has changed as a result and his current position of leadership within Comis Manos. This interview is conducted with Michelle Zuniga translating, so it will be her voice that you hear speaking on behalf of Ivan. We also recorded this interview via video, for Yvonne to share with his community of persons who are deaf. Special thanks to Michelle for bridging the language barrier so that we could have this insightful conversation. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and inspire those of us at Christ Church toward prayer, generosity, and involvement with Comis Manos. Let's begin. Ivan, I know that you currently live in Matamoros. Were you born here?
1: Yes, and I'm really happy that I grew up in Matamoros. I was born here, and I grew up here. Um, I've never lived anywhere else. Um, I started going to public elementary school, and it was super confusing. The teachers were talking, and I didn't understand anything. And then my parents brought me here to Comismanos, and they said that this was a school for deaf people. And then I was really confused and I really honestly didn't understand anything until I started to learn sign language. Now I'm super excited and really happy to be able to teach other deaf kids because I know as a deaf person myself that for a deaf child to go to a hearing school and have somebody just clap their hands in front of your face and say, speak, 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 it just doesn't work because that was my experience growing up.
0: I want to ask you about uh, your childhood before Comismanos. Do you live in, did you grow up with both your mom and your dad, and do you have any siblings?
1: I have two brothers. One of them is Jovan, one of them is Ivan, Ivane. We grew up with uh, both my mom and dad in the house. Um, And I was able to see that my parents fought a lot. Um, but since I was deaf, nobody ever told me what was going on. And then my parents separated and I was very close with my dad, but he has since passed away. And, um, so I live with my mom and I have contact still with my brothers.
0: When you were a child before you came to Comis Manos and began to learn sign, what was it like not being able to understand your family or anybody else that you were around?
1: Yeah, I remember when I was a young boy, maybe I was five, somewhere between five and seven. I had friends. I was the only deaf person. And so all of my friends uh, were hearing and they would they wouldn't do sign language, but they would like play charades with me and kind of act out what they were trying to say. When, when I was trying to express myself and somebody didn't understand me, it was really hard because I would get really upset and frustrated. Um, and then as I grew up, I learned that that, that was just normal and that I would learn have, have to learn how to communicate in a different way.
0: Now, as somebody who knows sign, you still have to communicate with um, hearing persons who don't know sign, do you still play the charades to try to communicate or have you found a way that is easier to communicate to people who do not know sign language?
1: So I think I was probably maybe 11 or 12 and I was still going to the public school also. And I was always the only deaf kid. Um, and they would just talk, 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 talk. And the teachers would talk constantly. And I, um, Was in, for example, I was in a Spanish class and the teacher would point, write this down. And I would say, okay, thank you. I would sign, okay, thank you. And I would write that down. All I did was copy. Um, They would give me a paper and I would copy it. And I never knew what it said. In math, it was the same way I would copy what was on the board or on the paper, but I didn't really understand it. Um, And I was just used to communicating with charades or gestures that wasn't actually sound language because that was all of the people in my life. So then I started, as I started to learn more sound language, then, um, yeah, I know that most deaf people unfortunately don't get to learn, uh, as much sound language as I have here. But now when I'm having to talk with, with hearing people, I kind of gauge if I have to do charades or if they'll understand sign language. So when
0: you were a child and before you came to Comis Manos, did you know any other persons who were deaf?
1: Never, never. The first time I ever met another deaf person was when I came here to the school.
0: When you were uh, a little boy, did you think that you were the only person who was deaf or did you know that there might be other deaf persons and you just didn't know where they were?
1: No, when I was a little boy, I... Was the only deaf person. Everybody was hearing, like in my school, in my family. Um, when I started secondary school, um, I was also the only hearing deaf person with all hearing people, and I had never met another deaf person. It wasn't until 2007 when my parents brought me here, and that was the very, very first time that I had ever been around sign language, and that was the first time I knew that there's a different way to communicate.
0: That is is hard to imagine being the only person for so many years of your childhood, being the only person who is deaf and not being able to communicate uh, with language with your family or your friends. I'm curious if you would be able to tell me the story or be willing to tell me the story of how your parents found Comis Manos and when they brought you here, how it made you feel to know that you weren't the only person who is deaf and now you were going to be able to learn how to communicate with other deaf persons.
1: So we came here in 2007. Honestly, I don't know how my mom and dad found it. They just pulled me over and put me in the car and we came here. And I walked in and I saw people moving their hands around. And I started thinking, oh, they're like me. The one thing that I found was interesting was in the public school when I was talking, Um, or when when the teachers were talking and I didn't understand anything, all I was doing was copying, and that was really difficult. And then I came here, and they were signing to me, and honestly, that was harder at the beginning. My eyes would get really tired, and I felt like I didn't understand anything. I had always understood that being deaf was bad, and learning sign language was bad. And so when I came here to the school, I understood that learning sign language was actually a good thing, and it would help me communicate more.
0: I'm curious to know why you thought learning sign and being deaf was bad. Is it something you were taught in your home or in your community?
1: So when I was a little boy, I was never a stupid kid. I understood what was going on. I understood when people um, were like saying bad words or making fun of me. I didn't understand the words they were saying, but I knew that they were... Like, maybe they were cussing or they were, like, bullying me or something. Um, They thought I didn't know what was going on, but I knew. I could tell. And I could see, even with my family members, like my, my distant relatives, just how they would treat me. They would isolate me or reject me. And maybe I didn't react to it when I was growing up. I just always acted like I was a bored kid and I wasn't interested in what they were doing. But honestly, I was just really angry every time I felt like somebody was making fun of me or rejecting me. I was always, I think I was always kind of testing people to see, are you a good person or a bad person with, with hearing people and with deaf people? Like, when I watch people sign even to this day, I'm like, oh, I can see by the way you're signing that you're not a genuine person or maybe you're not, um, you don't have good morals or, or I'm not going to want to continue to talk with you. And so I feel like I learned that as I was growing up how to test people.
0: When you um, started at Comis Manos, you said that it was difficult. How long before you started to feel like you were understanding sign and being able to communicate in sign language?
1: Maybe like 2010 or 2011, really it was when, when people would say, hi, how are you? Sit down, stand up. Are you hungry? Does this hurt? Does that hurt? And I would start to actually understand what they were saying, what they were saying. And I would understand, um, like the words that they were saying, um, and, and it was really interesting because I feel like around that time is when I was able to communicate.
0: When you came to Comis Manos and you started in classes, what classes did you take? And which was your favorite of those classes?
1: We had Bible classes and I would learn about the Bible. In Spanish class, I was learning like, this is a chair. This is how you sign the word chair. This is how you write the word chair. And that was really difficult to try to figure out all of, memorizing all of those words and how they're written. In sign language class, it was difficult because there was no writing. I was used to in the public school, I would just copy, 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 and write, write, write. But then I came here and it was like sign, sign, sign. And it really took me a long time to be able to understand what the movements of my hands were. And like communicating, like things like eating. What do you want to eat? That was hard when somebody would ask me, what do I want to eat? I would just say, nothing. I understand both written Spanish and I understand sound language. So it's interesting because I remember when I didn't understand, but like from like 2007 to like 2009 for sure, I didn't understand anything that was going on. But I think around 2010 is when like the, it started to make sense. And then by like 2013, I felt like I could have a conversation with any deaf person and and see eye to eye and understand.
0: So you've been mentioning years when you, how old were you when you came to Comis Manos? And then how old were you when you feel like you were able to understand?
1: I came to the school when I was seven. So in 2007. And so when I was eight, nine, 10, it wasn't until I was like 13. um, And honestly, some of the times I didn't even really want to learn. It's like I didn't feel in the mood to learn. I was so used to, before I came here, I was so used to being bored and not paying attention that it was really hard to pay attention.
0: So you came here when you were seven and about nine or 10 years old is when you feel like you were first able to understand and communicate in sign language. I know because I've met you and heard your story from Michelle and Chewy that you are one of the best sign language uh, teachers or, or teachers at Comis Manos in general. And I also see the way that the boys at the school, as you're one of their teachers now, how they look up to you as a mentor and a role model. Now that you're a teacher of these boys, what problems do you see that they face as persons who are deaf? And how do you work as one of their teachers and role models to help them in their problems?
1: There's a lot of information about science, about the world. And there was so much that the hearing teachers in school weren't able to explain to the deaf people. And I thought all of that kind of stuff is interesting. And in Mexico, like everything is for hearing people and the teachers work for hearing students. It was really interesting, all of the different stuff that was out there online that the deaf people weren't learning about. So, like, in around 2019, I was thinking, I remember what it was like as a little kid with the hearing teachers, and we couldn't communicate. I think I'd like to work as a teacher for other deaf kids, because I understand what they went through. I went through the same thing. And it's always harder for a hearing person to learn sign, because as a deaf person, sign language is my first language. And so... Little by little, over the months, I started helping out with more of the students. And at first, the students were like, you're just joking. You're faking it. You're not really a teacher. And by the time the end of 2019 happened, like um, I was the teacher and my students were laughing and would play around with me in the classrooms.
0: I know from Chewy and Michelle that you've been a huge help to um, several of the boys. One in particular, when they told me his story... Uh, he was going through a really hard time and a lot of his family or none of his family members rather uh, knew sign or were communicating with him. So he was facing a lot of the same issues at home and in the community and in the, that you faced when you were a child and he had started um, cutting him self-harm and you were able to go and to relate to him and counsel him uh, through that. What are some of the things that you said to him in those conversations when you were encouraging him? Um, about being a person who is deaf, living in a, uh, a world where most people are uh, hearing.
1: So many of the students that were anger, angry or frustrated or depressed, and I would spend time, like, I felt like kind of investigating what each of them were dealing with. Were they bored? Were they angry? Were they sad? And I would try to go one by one to talk with them about what I saw they were dealing with. And I would explain to them about when my mom and dad would be fighting all the times and there was all these problems and I had no idea what was going on. Um, Even when they were like chewing me out, like punishing me, um, I had no idea what I was being punished for. And I would just tell the students, I understand Um, like, Esteban, one of the boys, he will get in trouble for something and he doesn't know what he's in trouble for. And so I will sit down and talk with him and say, Hey, I'm going to come pray with you. Or, um, I just want you to know that God is watching you and he hasn't abandoned you. Well, now I don't have to go to them to talk about what I'm seeing they're struggling with. Now they'll start coming to me and they're like, Hey, I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling frustrated. And I'll talk to him about, just remember like what you're learning out in your community, in your house. Um, The bad examples you're seeing on the streets, you don't have to internalize that. You can give that all to God. You don't have to bury it or just be quiet. You can be decent a decent deaf person, man or woman. You don't have to be full of anger. You don't have to be full of, of just, oh, I have to get through life that little by little by little, you can change those habits and you can find tranquility and peace. And now I can see that they're getting better because before it was really, really bad. And I can see some, some progress. Like now they'll come and you'll see them laughing or smiling more.
0: That's awesome. You're a big help to the other boys and all the students here at Comis Manos. You mentioned in your reply to Michelle uh, that your faith in God is something that keeps you strong and helps in your counsel with the other boys. I'm curious as to when you started to follow Jesus and how your faith has played a part in your role as a teacher and leader in the deaf community.
1: So in around 2005, I think I was maybe four, turning five, um, my parents took me to a Catholic church and they would tell me, sit here, wait here. Wait for us. And I didn't understand anything that was going on. And when I came to Comis Manos, they started talking about the Bible and teaching about the Bible. And honestly, I thought it was the same thing. I was just going to stay here and be bored and not pay attention. I think I was eight or nine um, when my parents took me back to the Catholic Church. And honestly, I got the weirdest sensation in my body. I felt like really uncomfortable I was like, no, get me out of here. I told my parents, I was like, you need to get me out of here right now. I am not interested in seeing all of these scary images. Like they'll have like the, the death saint, the grim reaper. There's all of these different altars and all of these different um, rituals that they do. And then I went to the Jehovah's witness church for a little while. And it was the most boring day of my entire life. It was actually even worse than staying at home with my mom and dad. And then they, the Jehovah's Witness service, it was like all of the hearing people were inside clapping and singing and the deaf people were outside playing in the street. And so uh, the one day my friend and I left the Jehovah's Witness church because it was so boring. And we would go walk downtown and just walk around. And then I met a deaf man and um, he would explain a little bit about Christians and that it was different. And so they took us or he took me to this church and it's the same church that Michelle and Chewy go to and that the deaf people there were participating in the church and they weren't just sitting there. And they started explaining about... God and about the fact that worshiping God is the most important. And I started learning about the difference between true religion and false religion. And I think it was probably 2015, I think. And I was asleep in my dorm room here. And I think that I had a conversation with the Holy Spirit. It was inside of my head. I didn't actually hear anything, but I felt like God woke me up and he was talking to me about the fact that I needed to start talking with him more. And I, I felt like my body got really hot and I woke up suddenly. And when I woke up, it was really dark and I didn't see anything. And so time would go on. And I think it was probably around September of 2015. I was sure and I, I asked to talk with the pastor of the church. And I said that I need to be baptized. I'm ready to be baptized. Um, I I need to get baptized and find the peace that God has for me. And um, it was soon after that when I told the pastor. And the day that I confessed my sins and I accepted Jesus, and I understood that all of these different religions um, were always telling me that I had to do this, do that, do this, do that. But really at, at the Christian church, I learned that God already did everything for me and he just wanted me to follow him and ha- be full of his peace. And that's when I started, I was soon baptized after that, and that's when I started to feel peace.
0: Even on my first day ever at Comis Manos, I watched you do a devotional or give a talk about uh, Jesus and uh, I can tell that you have a confidence as a leader that is holy and good, and the boys look up to you and the other students as well. Is this is your faith something that you try and encourage the other students here at Comis Manos in?
1: I know that a lot of people, uh, a lot of deaf people here are just like me. Many years ago, I didn't understand anything when they would sign the word God. I didn't understand anything. Or they would say this chapter, this verse, and I had no idea what they're talking about. And now I know that when I'm teaching the other deaf kids, I understand how they feel. And so I tried to explain to them, look, this is what this says. And all of the different teachers here and what they're talking about and teaching out of the Bible, I'm able to explain Okay, this video or this verse will explain this video and um, I'll use pictures from, I even find pictures on Facebook, I find pictures on the internet that explain difficult topics. Like, how do you explain what the Holy Spirit is? That's one of the questions that um, the deaf kids have asked me quite a lot.
0: I appreciate the way that the Holy Spirit has been leading you as a... Child, as you came here to learn and to grow, and also now as a teacher, as you have come to instruct and lead the students here at Comis Manos. I know from Michelle and Chewie and other teachers here at the school that the students really look up to you, that the other teachers really appreciate you, that you're a big blessing to this school. You are someone who God is using to bless these students and their families. And when you are uniquely equipped to, to do that, you're the best at sign language and you're a, a person who loves Jesus. And so you are a major blessing to this school here at Comis Manos and everybody a part of it. Thank you for listening to this conversation. Our hope is it has informed you and inspired you to become involved through prayer, generosity, and involvement with Comis Manos. To learn more about how you can get involved with the ministry of Comis Manos, please visit their website at comismanos.org.